The Lollygaggers Podcast wishes all of our listeners a happy new year. May your misguided gym memberships and running shoes be easily refundable. On this episode, Jeff finds love in brutal noodles in Image Comics' The Weatherman, while Justin is the opposite of speechless over Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. The Gentleman's Challenge gets crazy stupid with the goddamn all-star Batman and Robin and crazy sexy with some Australian mermaids. All right, welcome to episode number 39 of the Lollygaggers podcast, a show about all sorts of different things from comics to games, movies to TV. I am one of your hosts, Jeff. I'm the one, Justin. What's up? Happy New Year, Justin. Or yeah, near, near enough to Happy it. Future Talk. <laughs> Happy Future New Year. Assuming yeah, yeah, yeah. the world doesn't explode or melt down completely in the next couple of days, which I'm not completely entirely pl- sure. Completely plausible. U.S. Yeah. government shut down. All sorts of crazy stuff's going on with plankton in the ocean. Cats and, and dogs are living together. Uh, it's mass hysteria. We're screwed. Uh, but anyway, happy new year, Justin. And just for the sake of uh, of asking a generic question to get this ball rolling, do you have any New Year's resolutions? Uh, don't be so fat. But I do that every year. It still doesn't happen. So. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, I do have one. Thanks for asking. Uh, I think I am actually going to go <laughs> vegetarian again for a little while. I, oh I do. God, this, I sad. do this every so often. Uh, I the longest I've lasted is nine months. Uh, I've gone nine months once, and then I had a baby at the end of it. It was very strange. Uh, but yeah, I went nine months vegetarian. Uh, but uh, I think I'm going to do it again. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Wait, you were you were an asshole for five months. Anyways, well, I've honestly been an asshole my whole life. You know that. I'm kind of an asshole. I don't think I'm as big as an asshole as I used to be. I've definitely, I think, mellowed. I think uh, I'm not the biggest asshole anymore in our group. Uh, Probably me now. I'm probably the biggest asshole. I think so, too. I I mean, back in our Left 4 Dead days, our Left 4 Dead 2 days, I was very clearly the biggest asshole. I took those games way too seriously. But, uh, But now I feel like in my older age, my wisdom has grown and I'm not as big an asshole anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're growing. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Proud of you. Yeah. So, Justin, uh, speaking of growing, uh, when we started this damn bot podcast, uh, however many months ago, like, was that March or something when we started this? I didn't really read many comics. Uh, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. I, I, I ha- when I was a kid, I read Batman a lot um, and I read some X-Men stuff when I was a kid. But ultimately, I, I was never a huge comic person. I've read a series of graphic novels from time to time. I read Gaiman's uh, Sandman, obviously. I've read like Miles Byrd Spiegelman and a variety of other things that I think were culturally relevant at the time. Um, you know, Watchmen, etc. But I never really got into like ongoing comic reading. And uh, part of this podcast has been to at least one of the goals I've had is to read more, you know, kind of get more into it. I mean, I think the whole idea of this podcast wasn't just for us to share what is it we've been doing during the week and like staying in touch with one another, but also I think part of it has been to expand our horizons a bit. And so I'm trying to get more into comics. Uh, I was hoping maybe to get you more into board games. That's failing, but maybe we'll see if we can do that, do more of that uh, in the coming year. However, I, during the course of this podcast, have found some uh, comics that I really love. And we know of my complete and total love for Gideon Falls, which is the first ongoing mm-hmm, comic mm-hmm, I can say that mm-hmm. I've ever subscribed to. Uh, but I've also had some more short run stuff uh, around the Alien franchise with Dust to Dust and then with Williams Alien 3. Well, Justin, I have found a new love and it's called The Weatherman. Have you ever heard of this? I have not heard of The Weatherman. 
The Weatherman is from Image Comics. It's uh, it's a 2018 comic. Start. It came out this year. Uh, the first the first issue came out back in June, and it's come out. I think one has come out every month since. There's six total issues. It's written by Jody Lehoop, uh, who I think is known for Shirtless Bear Fighter. Uh, I believe is the name. Uh, has art by Nathan Fox, and I think both Lehoop and Fox are considered like the creators. But it's 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 published by Image Comics. There's six total issues. The first volume is done. Uh, as of the recording of this, which is around Christmas time, uh, they have not yet been collected, at least on Comixology, in a single volume format. But they are undergoing a current very heavy sale, like, like 99 cents a piece. So I was just like burning through them. Some of my favorite movies uh, include things like The Running Man and Total Recall and Fifth Element. And this particular comic, to me, takes a lot of that and runs with it. So The Weatherman is about a guy by the name of Nathan Bright, who is a weatherman on mars 700 oh. years into the future okay so get it's like 20 get get your ass to mars that's that was that was a terrible for me for me that there, but i'm proud of you i'm proud of you. i don't really practice it anymore but i don't really do the impressions all anymore. I, do I just do voices yeah. every morning in the shower after i get out of the shower in the mirror i just do my arnold get your ass to mars I was practicing my German uh, the other day, my German oh. accent, uh, because uh, where we're going in our D&D campaign is to an area that has many German accents. And I noticed that it's very easy for me to get into my German accent whenever I say pubic hair or genitals. It's in the pubic hair. <laughs> I don't know why. It's it's the genitals. Uh, anyway, getting back to this, this has nothing to do with the Weatherman. Uh, but the Weatherman is uh, so it's a, so far it's a six issue comic, but there is more to come in the spring of 2019. Uh, but it is about Nathan uh, Nathan Bright, who is a weatherman on Mars in like 2770 or something like that. It's 27, 28th century, essentially. Um, now, he's on Mars because because we've expanded humanity. That is, has expanded outward into the solar system. We're in different, we're different planets. Um, there's references to people being on Venus. There's references to Ganymede and other places uh, across the, the galaxy, or excuse me, across the solar system. Uh, but we're on Mars. Now, Earth has not gone well because in the recent history within the Weatherman, uh, Earth, I think it was seven years ago, suffered a massive terrorist attack to the point where something like 13 billion, uh, they give the number out at some point, but I don't remember the exact number, but around 13 billion people died. Uh, and it's a very significant event. And the people who perpetrated it uh, are called the Sword of God. It's a terrorist organization. Uh, and they have not been found up until this point. They have not been found, and so it's a constant haunting. And so every year as they come back and do sort of a remembrance and memorial of it, uh, like the politicians are booed, et cetera, because they haven't found that particular uh, that, that particular group. They haven't punished them, right? And so, so many people have been affected by it. And so that's sort of the serious underbelly. Now, even though that has a very serious theme, this is a, a, a really fascinating comic because I think it makes a lot of really interesting things because it makes the politics it has stuff about terrorism, has stuff about memory and experience, about identity, and it's also very funny. Um, now, the to get into it a little bit more, the weatherman is kind of the carefree bachelor type. Um, he he has a dog. He uh, acts kind of silly. He's known for being someone of a local celebrity because of how silly his uh, his weatherman local channel local news channels type stuff are. Um, and so everyone kind of likes him. He's got that charismatic quality, the you know the happy-go-lucky, carefree kind of guy. Um, he also has something of a new girlfriend, and then all of a sudden his world goes to goes to shit uh, when he is accused of being one of the people who perpetrated 
the worst attack in human history, which is the attack on Earth that killed 13 billion people. And they think he is one of them. And this is where the whole idea of, uh, of Total Recall comes in, because there's a lot of stuff about memory. He doesn't remember any of it. And so he gets interrogated by this other character um, who's, who's uh, named Agent Cross, I think is her name. And she's a major character as well. And she starts, you know, asking questions. And there's like this whole other, like essentially the FBI or the CIA with the, the equivalent of it for Mars. They're trying to figure out like what exactly happened. What does he know? But his memory has been wiped. So everything from like seven years ago beyond has been wiped. And so he literally thinks he's Nathan Bright, but they think he's somebody else. You know, they think he's Quaid, uh, essentially, and that he is some sort of terrorist and that he was involved in it, and they need to get that stuff out of him. Now, Quaid, get to the reactor. Uh, do this. Do the, do the see at the party, Victor. I like that one. See at the party, Victor. Welcome anyway. to the party, Victor. Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. So there's this whole thing about memory. So apparently his memory was wiped. Now, we haven't gotten, I guess, through six issues, like perfect um, verification that he is who they think he is. I think in the last in the last episode, or last issue, we kind of do. But the question is, is whether or not who he was is actually perpetrated the things that they want to do. So we can still kind of root for him as kind of a good guy, or at least conflicted, right? We don't necessarily know how much he knew about this terrorist attack. So there's this whole big sword art, or uh, the sword of God conspiracy terrorist thing going on. And there's all sorts of different factions that are kind of hunting them down. Because since nobody has gotten any sort of closure or punishment for what befell them when it gets out that he is essentially uh, you know public enemy number one there's an outcry to, to to kill him now i mentioned running man now running man i don't know how familiar you are with running man uh i know you're an arnold fan as my like as well uh, I don't know. absolutely i mean okay. so running man is about that like that whole uh um the idea of like making a making a gladiatorial arena into like a tv show like it's it's basically what that is now, the other aspect of this is really fascinating because there's this there's this character by the name of Pearl, and Pearl is this massive billionaire who was affected obviously by the Earth stuff, but he also runs what which amounts to like a pay per view entertainment organization. He's like the head of HBO or something like that, right? And he is a complete and utter lunatic, and he is displaying for people to pay. Uh, to pay for like on a pay-per-view like they want to stay like they pay money to see this this guy like show them entertainment of people getting you know punished and so he's created this kind of mental system or this system of getting into a person's consciousness and punishing them virtually uh, not necessarily physically but virtually so they experience the, the 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 punishment themselves over and over and over and over and over again and over the course of the first couple issues um, he acquires through specific uh, specific goings on, Nathan Bright he actually gets a gets a hold of them and he sells uh, the ability for somebody to come and torture him like virtually. And it all sounds super heavy and, and and it is it's super heavy. But the the tone is so light at times and so funny and silly that I I feel like there's a really awesome balance between that. Um, and so that's this other story that goes on this notion of people are still watching TV, people are still watching like paid pay-per-view or on-demand type uh, entertainment. And he's using this guy, the the, the potential of punishing uh, the, the public enemy number one as a way to sell seats, but he's doing so in a very illegal way. And so there's another faction, like a governmental faction is trying to shut him down and figure him out. And then there's this whole other group that are trying to like just get, like there's all these kind of weird space cowboy type semi good semi bad people it looks more like bad but maybe also might be good so there are all these sorts of factions that are going on 
Now, I think this is this is a really fascinating. I don't want to ruin everything, but I just kind of giving you a touch of what the story is about. Like those are some some heavy themes. Um, but I found this to be a fascinating. I bought it like on a whim for ninety nine cents because I really like the cover of the of issue number one, which has uh, this kind of nineteen eighties retro verse type of coloring. And then all of the covers thereafter have sort of a similar quality to them. Then I read the first one. I'm like, oh, this is really good. And I immediately bought the second and I immediately bought the third. And I just all throughout the afternoon, I, I read all six of them. And so it hooked me immediately. It was a really interesting, um, really interesting story. I really like how funny it is in comparison to like the serious themes, right? Like how serious it gets. And then a lot of the space escapades that are going on and a little bit of a cyberpunkian issue to the point where I think there is an official synthwave uh, soundtrack to this that I haven't actually checked out yet. And I'm curious. Yeah, it's been really, really good. They're planning on doing a volume two that's starting sometime in the spring. They're kind of holding off there. I think they're writing it um, ahead of time. And then because they don't want to do like a lapsed issue. And so they're getting to the point where they want to have them all ready to go. And so they can release them regularly without missing any kind of any kind of deadline. Uh, but there's six issues so far. Really, really good stuff. Very violent sometimes, but not in a way that and like there's a lot of violence and there's like um, I want to say gore, but it's not presented in a way that feels um, that, that, that feels like they're, they're showing us how cool they are by doing this violence. It's more almost like a parody in some respects. Like and that's kind of what I like it like about it. There's like this satirization that's going on about our culture, about the way in which like we we entertain ourselves and by the way in which we get obsessed over, over for like punishment and, and, and but at the same time try to you know make ourselves look like these good people who just want justice. But at the same time, we're misunderstanding the difference between justice and revenge and et cetera, et cetera. Um, so there's really cool storylines going there. There's all, there's a huge cast of characters that are all really interesting. Um, the primary two are, are Nathan Bright and then Agent Cross. Those are kind of like the two centerpieces, but then there's others that revolve around it. Like I said, there's like these space cowboy mercenary types. There's, um, and then there's Pearl. And then there's more people that uh, Agent Cross kind of enlists to help her Kind of protect Nathan Bright so that they can somehow get to this doctor who was responsible for wiping his memory and storing his memories on a hard drive somewhere. So that's kind of like the whole idea. Can we get to this doctor, get a hold of those particular memories, put them back in his head so that we can understand what does he know about this this sort of God uh, organization? And and what if he knows anything, can we perhaps learn before they're able to do the same thing to like Mars, right? That's the idea. That's like the ticking clock before something something even more crazy happens. Uh, I think the art's really good. Um, I think it's well stylized. I think it's pretty silly at times. Like there's, again, there's a lot of silliness, I think, in this and very playfulness. Um, so it's a good mix of that kind of thing. I don't think the, the the comic ever takes itself too seriously, despite dealing with somewhat serious themes. And I think it really has a lot of fun. Uh, it's just a, it's just like a huge fun romp so far. And like, I think of like the fifth element and how there's so many things going on. People were like things were getting exploded. There were all sorts of crazy terrorist organizations and, uh, and different conflicts and different factions that are all kind of happening at once. But at the same time, it was such a fun ride. So I'm really, really enjoying it so far. And I'm almost sad that I discovered it this weekend because now I have to wait a couple months for for spring. But at the same time, at least there's a full volume, right? There's a full volume ready to go, and hopefully they'll they'll combine that into like a single issue. Maybe there'll be some sort of a some sort of uh, discount or something, but Image Comics, written by Jody LaHoop, created by uh, LaHoop and Nathan Fox. Uh, good times, the Weathermen. Get in on Comicsology or your local uh, comic shop. All right, man. So, speaking of comics, I saw a movie about comics. I know, hard to believe. I went and saw a comic book movie, but I went and saw one this weekend. 
Um, and was it Aquaman? No, I saw that. No, another no. time. No, yeah. yeah. So uh, the, in the one, past, yeah, in the past. Woo! So uh, this one, uh, little known movie. It's about a, a really kind of unknown character called. Uh, I think it's pronounced Spiderman. So Spiderman into the Spiderverse, um, and that's what it's called. Uh, this is Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse. It is uh, produced by Sony. I have a lot of reservations about Sony. I don't like Sony at all. They're the wonderful production company that gave us the Emoji Movie. Uh, they gave us great movies such as uh, Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, also, they were the reasoning behind uh, Spider-Man 3 and the whole uh, Dancing in the Street thing. This one is directed by a myriad of people and written by a myriad of people. So uh, Bob Perchetti, Peter Ramsey, it's written by Phil Lord, Rodney Rothman, and uh, three other people. So with, so when you think about the garbage movies that Sony has done in the past and the plethora of human beings that they have behind this film, I had zero hopes that this would be any good. So I go watch it with my wife a couple days ago and Basically, the story is you have a boy by the name of Miles Morales. His father's a cop. And he looks up to his uncle. He's part of a he, – he won the lottery and got part of this uh, really prestigious uh, high school where he can go and, like, it's about, like, him going off to, like, a boarding school. And, you know, he's expected to be performing well. His father's a cop. His mother's a nurse. He comes from blue-collar family. But because of his resources and knowledge, he's able to go to this higher-level stuff. His uncle – kind of a little bit shady his father's not a fan of him and he has a relationship with his uncle where he goes out and he tags with spray paint and he puts stickers around uh, the neighborhood so he has kind of like a uh, uh an alter ego at night where he just kind of does kind of bad stuff but all he does is spray paint and put stickers so it's just vandalism nothing that's he's not killing anybody so one day he goes out with his uncle and starts spray spray painting and a spider comes up and bites him and that's how he gets his spider-man powers in the process of this, uh, you learn about the Spider-Man of this universe. He's super popular. Everybody loves him. He's got a Christmas album, right? And uh, he gets in a fight with Kingpin, and Miles ends up there through a series of events. And he's like, I'll train you. You're like me. I can, they can sense each other their spider senses. I'll train you. We can be partners. We can get through this. And then Spider-Man, uh, small spoilers, Spider-Man gets pounded to death by a by Kingpin. So Spider-Man dies. This is very early in the movie, kind of a spoiler. So very surprising in this film. And I expected nothing out of this. And in the end, I loved it because here's why. What happens is Kingpin opens up a multidimensional like frequency to go through different dimensions. And a Spider-Man, a Peter Parker from another dimension comes to this universe. And he's 20 years older than the Spider-Man here, or like 10 years older than Spider-Man here. He is overweight. He has a terrible life. Uh, him and MJ got divorced. Uh, Aunt May uh, passed away years ago. He lives in a crappy apartment and hates his life. And he has very a very depressing life. But he's still Peter Parker, so he's like, well, uh, you know, quippy and funny and all stuff, but like he just is covering the covering the pain. So the reason why I love this movie so much is you have a Spider-Man and Miles Morales that's great for the kids, and the kids can really get behind it. And the stories don't really align terribly well with the comics, but they don't have to because they're talking about the multi-dimensional 
like theory where there's tons, tons of dimensions and everyone can have like slightly different stories. And there's five different Spider-Man in this. You have Miles Morales, you have old man Peter Parker, you have Spider-Gwen, you have Spider-Man Noir, who's played by Nicolas Cage, which is fantastic. You have Spider-Ham, or as other people know him as Peter Porker, right? Who's like a cartoon character played by John Mulaney, which is hilarious. And then you have a, a, an Asian Spider-Man girl that has a, her name's Spenny, and she has a, a robot that is psychically linked to the robot she's with, to a, to, a, to a spider she's with. So that's basically the story. And they basically come together. And they, they're trying to stop Kingpin from like messing with the dimensions because Kingpin has ulterior motives. And it's basically like breaking them down and killing them slowly. And their universe is slowly they're trying to stop. So that's basically the overall arc. As much as I love Spider Man, he is my favorite character. I came in with the biggest reservations. I was like, this thing better be good. I like Miles Morales. It's, it's one of the most complete and well done movies I have seen in a comic book movie in a long time. I think it's it might be better than Avengers. It's very, very well done. The characters are explained super quickly. They don't waste time. The, the types of characters they have are very intricate and have multiple levels of complexity to them, and I love it. The middle-aged Parker is unbelievable. He's played by uh, Jake Johnson from uh, uh, The New Girl. I forget her name. Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, no, Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, yeah. Zoe Deschanel's okay. show. So uh, Jake Johnson's in it, and... Uh, he plays uh, older Peter Parker, and he does an amazing job. The, some of the testament as to why I thought it was good is like sometimes you hear movies and you kind of care about who's playing the voices. And this, I never was once distracted about who's playing who. I didn't care. I thought the the voices were fantastic. You had the only one that was noticeable was uh, Nick, Nicholas Cage as Spider Man Noir because it's Nicholas Cage. Like you can't really miss that voice. But but he's like a chameleon, man. Yeah, yeah, he can be a vampire. Never one even know that he's there. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah, so I was blown away by this. Another big part of this movie was the art design was fantastic. Um, so a big key to the movie is that Miles tags and he spray paints stuff all the time. So w- when the multiverse is coming into play, it looks like a collection of sprays and and colors like that. It is an unbelievably beautiful movie there's so many textures so many layers of different types of 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 colors and uh of design it's got kind of like this uh like some frames are missing uh in a such in a uh, like like if there's frames missing in computer generated animation so it almost has like a feel of uh of claymation almost the way it works it's it's truly a beautiful film. And the last couple scenes where there's the, you know, the ultimate fight at the end, the final fight, it is, it's, it's breathtaking what they do with the colors and the splashes and stuff. And the music is fantastic. It has a fantastic soundtrack, which I worry that might date it over time because it's, you know, current music, but like, it's just truly a great movie. And they leave some great sport, some great like cliffhangers at the end. There's a post post credit scene that I didn't stay for, but I figured out what it was. And it makes me excited leaving it like kind of wide open. I know it didn't perform very well this weekend or this past weekend, but I'm hoping over time it does because this might honestly be the best comic book movie made. Um, and it's just really, really surprising how good it was. Justin, you do know that they made Howard the Duck back in the 80s, right? I'm very aware. Um, I'm sure Elizabeth Shue was such a amazing. crazy statement like that. That was not Elizabeth Shue. Oh, who was it? Uh, it was Leah Thompson, right? Same person. Was, same person. <laughs> it was uh, it was Marty McFly's mom, wasn't it? 
Uh, Elizabeth Shue and Leah Thompson is the equivalence of Garth Brooks. Elizabeth Shue was Adventures Babysitting, and she was also in Back to the Future, but she was Marty's girlfriend. So it's kind of important. Anyways, uh, I think it's great. The art design is great. The character development is fantastic. I can't praise this movie enough, and I had the biggest reservations going on. I mean, this movie's going to stink. It's Sony. It makes no sense. Why are we doing this movie like this? But it doesn't relate to anything. It doesn't have to relate to anything because the whole idea of what it's centered around makes it so you can like do whatever you want, which makes it really fun. There's lots of twists and turns. Some of the twists and turns I know because of the comic books, but like if you don't know what they are, it's they're pretty surprising and fun. Or even if you even if you don't read the comics, it might not be terribly surprising, but it's still good enough. The sound design, the music, everything's just it was mind blowing. I love this. I loved it way more than Aquaman. It's like it, it blew me away how much better this was than Aquaman. It's and the fact that it's Sony and there's so many people behind it, I just didn't understand how it got made so well. So uh, that's Spider Man and the Spider Verse. Go see it. And if you're gonna see it, see it in a big theater with good music and good visuals. See it in 3D. If you see it in 3D, your head's gonna explode. Only thing I would say is, but that's bad. Exploding. Just don't. Oh, you don't mean literally. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just don't watch it on any psychedelics because then you might go insane. Because that's this is one of those movies that might do that. So it's just uh I I really can't praise it enough. I was really taken aback when I was when I was done. Chrissy turns to me. She goes, "What you think?" And I go, "I, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. And I did no not expect it at all." Words should have said a poem. <laughs> I'm just crying. Like this is wonderful. But like. Yeah, go see it. I think it's really good because I'd like to see more of this. And if it ends up just being its own thing, it's good. Um, and the, the teasers that they had are interesting too. It makes me really excited about like, where did this spider come from? How did he get bit? Because the spider was from a different uh, universe as well. So it's like, it's a really cool little thing. That so I love it. So, All right, uh, then let's head over and do our gentleman's challenge for the week. And now it's time gentleman's challenge so the gentleman's challenge is a segment we do here on the lollygaggers podcast where justin and i like to give each other a homework assignment this homework assignment usually comes in the form of watching a movie or a couple episodes of a tv show sometimes reading a comic as in the case of this week and other times playing a game uh, now we do this partially to drive the other person crazy and sometimes to expose the other to something that might be kind of cool that we're missing. And then to ensure that we completed said homework assignments, we come back on the next episode and we quiz each other about it. I should warn anybody who's listening, this is a very spoiler heavy zone. Uh, so if you hear something that we're talking about that you'd rather not be spoilered about, best maybe skip forward or come back later after you've experienced whatever the topic is on your own. With that note, Justin, I think I am up this week I it's you man go ahead i mean i might as well go first because i i do get to deal with like the greatest comic ever made so justin it's close it's close justin assigned me the goddamn batman also <laughs> also known as all-star batman and robin the boy wonder it is written by the unparalleled uh frank miller with art, amazing art, by the way. I'm going to be saying a lot of bad things about this comic, but uh, one of the things I cannot say anything bad about is the art, because it's pretty fantastic. The art is fantastic, how Jim Lee crushed it. Sometimes yeah. it's Jim Lee gets a little bit sexualized sometimes. That's all I gotta say about what? it. What? I don't know what you're talking about. Vicky Vale, like right off the bat, just seeing yeah, yeah, like yeah. her like translucent underwear and upper yeah. ass crack. Like, well, that's like Jim Lee, 
sexualized to me, random sexual like, like encounter with batman with black mary <laughs> on the uh for no reason i'm not really sure why i don't even understand how they did it with their costumes are very confusing but uh, jim yeah. lee to me is the gold standard of batman art he is the best he will always be the best to me i can't think of anyone better jim lee just he nails it every time so so uh what's the plot i don't okay so here's basically good question i know isn't that a great question uh all right so the series begins kind of sort of with uh batman and vicky vale going to the circus uh where robin and his family are performing obviously and it's very non-linearly told what happens to the point where it could be easily confused with the the, the order of events here but from what I can gather, uh, what happens is Robin's parents gets assassinated during the middle of a performance. Uh, so he's doing that. They're high flying trapeze act, etc. And then some thugs, I think it's Jocko boy Vanzetti uh, is the is the shooter. Um, but it's not 100 percent clear, but I think that's the case. Uh, kills both of his parents with shots right to the head. Uh, and then uh, the cops arrive and the cops in Gotham, uh, with the exception of Commissioner Gordon, of course, uh, are very corrupt, very bad. And they, uh, while being harassed by Vicky Vale to see the boy alone, et cetera, et cetera, just snatch the kid and just just take him. And then at some point, who you know, Bruce Wayne is is there with Vicky Vale. He somehow departs. Uh, he separates from from Vicky Vale. And he gets in his Batmobile. I mean, I don't really understand the timeline there, but whatever. They never really address it. Uh, who cares about logic, right? Uh, and then he gets in his Batmobile and chases down the cops. And there is a lunatic car chase to the point where he is almost murderous. Um, I think Vicky Vale. That is a and- common theme in this comic book. Lunacy. Lunacy is a common theme. Right. Long story short, uh, Batman kidnaps uh, Robin, uh, Dick Grayson, age 12. Uh, in case you are unaware, Dick Grayson is 12 years old. It's uh, it's if you did a drinking game for how many times they mentioned <laughs> Dick Grayson's age in this comic, you would be drunk before you get to issue two. It's a ridiculous amount of times they say Dick Grayson, age 12. It's got this like wannabe noir, like Dashiell Hammett type of writing going on with like oh, like a Maltese Falcon type of thing. It's it's just terrible. Uh, so kidnaps him, and I think in full view of Vicky Vale, who had who her and uh, uh, the butler Alfred, uh, the two of them are kind of somehow also in this car chase, and they get in a really bad accident. Vicky Vale almost dies, and then uh, there's a very long night. Um, several issues, or at least several pages, transpire where this particular night's happening because Batman has been scouting for talent, and he sees Robin as being very talented, and he wants to scare him. And ba- and Robin's kind of a little punk. Um, but Batman's also kind of a lunatic. Uh, and so eventually he brings the kid back to the Batcave, throws him in the Batcave, makes him fend for himself because he's drafting Robin into whatever holy war that Batman is on. Now this, meanwhile, elsewhere in the universe over in Metropolis, this does not go well with his other members of the Justice League. So Superman's kind of upset, throws a little temper tantrum, breaks his glasses uh, while reading a newspaper and shooting a laser bolts through him. Uh, Wonder Woman, who's just, I mean, don't call her Wonder Woman, just call like really crazy, angry woman. Like that's, that's who she is. Like there's like, that's all she really does. She just plays a really one note, super angry woman. Um, then there's Green Lantern, who's a dope. And then there's Plastic Man, who was making some weird shapes uh, when they met. So they're really upset because they feel... Since everyone saw Batman, not everyone, but there's a story through Vicky Vale who leaks it to somebody else before she goes into surgery that, you know, 
Batman kidnapped Robin. And so like it's all over the news. And so now the Justice League is concerned that everyone's going to think that all the all the superheroes are bad just because Batman's bad, which makes no sense, but whatever. Uh, and so they're mad at him and they send Green Lantern to go and deal with him. We eventually see uh, Black Canary is also in here, who is a bartender uh, for reasons unknown. Also wears her mask uh, at this bartending for reasons unknown, wears fishnet stockings, looks very uncomfortable. Uh, doesn't mind all the cat calling that seems to be going on when she six months prior to this event uh, seems to be doing this. Uh, her little issue and her introduction, honestly, it's there just so she and Batman can have sex after they encounter each other. On the of pier course. When he, when he catches Jocko, uh, the Jocko guy or something like that is all very like the the, 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 the storytelling is terrible. Not, I'm all for nonlinear storytelling, but like I'm telling you, this was some of the worst. Like it was just just like how uh, terrible. Wonder Woman's introduction to the comic was purely just so she could kiss Superman. It's literally the whole right. reason she was going to come. I mean, that's that's kind of what it is. Uh, so yeah, she, she's just there, and then she disappears, and that's that. Um, we get like a brief interlude with Batgirl, but we don't really see much of her. It's it's maybe four or five pages, so she gets introduced. Uh, Joker shows up at some point, and he uh, apparently has something planned. He sleeps with like a uh, like a prosecutor or something like that, or a DA or whatever, or ADA or something, and then kills her uh, because that's what he does. Uh, and then he also has an assistant who apparently is big breasted and has Nazi swastikas uh, uh, painted on her boobs because mm -hmm. that's awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, love this, the, love this superhero hobby. Um, and uh, let's see. And so that goes nowhere because, as you said, it ends. Uh, let's see what other characters are in this complete and other crap. Uh, so I mean, Alfred's there, and Alfred's kind of this hardcore, like former. You know, he's like doing this whole punching bag thing. He's pretty ripped. Um, he saves, helps save Vicky Vale's life. Um, let's see what else happens in this, this dumpster fire of a comic. Um, so I think at a certain point and the timing of this isn't entirely clear. Robin begins to kind of come over and is like, all right, yeah, I'll be his assistant, whatever, um, while hanging out and being entrapped in the bat cave for I, a weeks, maybe not entirely sure. Um, and then they, he helps Batman have a meeting with Green Lantern on, on his own terms. Uh, and they paint the entire apartment yellow. This is actually my favorite scene. And they, they completely beat the crap and it's like outsmart and beat the crap out of Green Lantern and steal his ring, which is pretty hilarious. And then the comic ends with Batman having this strange moment of like coherent thought because throughout the majority of the comic, he's, he's not pardon the pun batshit crazy. And he gets to the point where, I mean, he's just an absolute lunatic. Um, but at this point, he realizes maybe I'm doing a bad thing. And then he needs to grieve. And so they go and they visit the graveyard where, um, where Dick Grayson's parents had been buried. And that's where the comic ends. And that's it. That's like the whole thing. And then it's over and it never happens again. Um, so as you can expect, I, I think this is terrible. Uh, I was very disappointed in it. And I'm glad that I read some other comics. And I'm glad I came across Gideon Falls and the weatherman and fables and so many other things. And shoot, even that, uh, what was the one that you had me read with? Uh, it was like the, the elsewhere one. I think maybe it was with Superman and it was with the justice league when, when they were oh, old. Can, can come, can come. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad I read that, that all that kind of stuff first, because this is crap. Um, this is, <laughs> this is so terribly written on every front. Like I'm all, like I said, I'm all for nonlinear narratives that I think they're really fun and really interesting, but this is horribly done. And like to the point where it's unclear for a while, like exactly what's transpiring. I don't really care if you, if you want to make Batman crazy, go ahead and make Batman crazy. I'm not even complaining about that. And I did some reading on this. And I know a lot of people complain about his depiction about Miller's depiction of Batman 
being like against what Batman really is. I'm fine with that. Do whatever you want. Make your own iteration of it. Just at least make the writing good. Some of the writing is so repetitive. Like the introduction of Black Canary when she's in the the actual uh, the actual bar, the repetition of the cat calls, it just goes on forever. Absolutely forever. It takes so long for no payoff. Like it's just the dumbest thing. The amount of times that we have to start off like a chapter or an episode, whatever the hell they want to call it, and it's the character telling us what he's doing while they're doing it. It's like this old mantra of show, don't tell. It's a visual effing medium, man. You don't have to freaking <laughs> have the person think in their brain what we're literally seeing them do in the cell. Like, we don't need that. And that's exactly what happens. It's trash writing. It's it's attempting to be like some sort of, like I was saying before, some sort of some sort of noir type writing and it's terrible at it. Like it's not even using like the good metaphors and stuff like that. There's this whole Edgar Allan Poe reference in the beginning about Lenore and like, it's so over the top crap, not even funny parody. It's just bad. Like the characters themselves are so uninteresting. There's no one to root for because everyone's just a jerk. Even Robin who gets kidnapped, he constantly calls things queer. And I know it was like the aughts when this came out, right? <laughs> I know this came out in like 2004, whenever the hell it was, right? But come on for crying out loud. And, you know, I'm sorry to be a little bit of like, you know, a quality social justice guy, whatever here, because I know some people SJW. freak out about that kind of stuff. Whatever. I mean, get the hell over it. I'm sorry that I care about that kind of crap. But like the depiction of some of these people in here is absurd. Like the there isn't a good female character in this whole thing. Like not even close. They're all just like like you were saying, it, it's just it's absurd. Like I think this was so bad, like on so many fronts. You say that Frank Miller is this genius. I suppose. I guess there's a fine line between. No, he was about 20 genius, years ago. But this is crap. This is so so bad. I'm a bat. Like of all the superheroes, Batman's my favorite, and this is terrible. This is like the worst iteration. And like, I, I, there, I honestly, the only saving grace of this is the art. Like that's it. Like if you took off, like pretty much all of the words, all of the cells, and just gave me a completely like blank picture book, just with Jim. Like I feel like the story would just be would be just as coherent as it is with the words that are written <laughs> and I wouldn't get as annoyed by how bad the writing is and I can just admire it as an art book because it's so bad and it goes nowhere like there's no real story the timelines are absolutely ridiculous like this is really bad like I can't believe that they put this to publication like this is just straight up bad writing so so that's what I thought of All-Star oh, okay. Robin, also known as I'm the goddamn Batman. I mean, because uh, the way I like to describe it is it's a comic book of a old of a middle-aged lunatic trying to convince a 12-year-old he's cool. That's the best way I like to try to describe this. Hey man, that's just but that's just queer, Justin. That's just that's queer. queer. That's queer, man. You know, that's queer is what it is. Uh, All right. So I'm glad queer. you enjoyed it. Are you ready for your, your questions about I it? I am gonna murder you in your sleep next time you come and visit. Like uh, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. All right, I'll so, spare your wife, but that's about it. Oh, killing me is enough for her anyway, so you're good. So, what is the first thing Batman says that sets the pace for how how much of a how much Frank Miller has lost his mind? So, what is the first thing that he says that you realize, oh, Frank Miller's a crazy person. So, what's the first thing that Batman says that kind of like sets the pace for the rest of the book? In your eyes, uh, what do you think? What do you think it is? Well, I mean, it's hard for me to answer that question because I'm not super familiar with like Frank Miller and like Frank Miller losing his mind. So like, I don't really know um, in terms of like the the the. the well, let's put this way then. Like, what, what's the first thing you realize? Oh, that's how this is gonna go. Okay. Well, I mean, I knew it was bad when like the first like after the first couple cells, which I think are of 
Batman or not Batman Robin flipping like the very next thing we start to see is just Vicky Vale prancing around in her underwear for no particular reason whatsoever and she's going on a date with Batman and so she's like oh my god I'm going on a date hot damn I'm going on a date with Batman so that right there was enough to really get me going so it wasn't I didn't even need to get because I don't think Batman comes in until a little bit later um but that right there when I saw that this is the scene with Vicky Vale which is like page three or four or something like that of the comic of the very first issue that's what basically killed it for me like i'll like, accept I'll, any I'll, answer because it's all bad uh but my favorite moment was when batman first sees dick grayson and says you are now enlisted in my holy war like, oh yeah yeah you've been God. drafted yeah you've been yeah, drafted, you've drafted in the holy war yeah which i believe is what they use as like a selling cutout like like it's like a promo almost for it which is pretty embarrassing yeah, yeah. so yeah i would just accept anything because it's all bad anyways so number one correct number two did you get the feel that Alfred was trying to bang Vicky Vale the whole time? And if so, who's better, Alfred or Bruce in this in this combo? Who's who's the better lady? Okay. So yes, I felt that because he was like taking like his shirt was just sort of off at a certain point. I'm like, the whole time it's off most of the time. <laughs> it's just like he gets in a car accident and somehow it didn't break any bones, but his shirt somehow came off. How weird is that? <laughs> How strange is it that my shirt came off? Oh, look how ripped I am, right? Um, and then, yeah, so between him and Batman, I'll take him because he seems slightly more um, coherent, though he's thinking to himself, like when he's the whole scene where he's thinking to himself while he's hitting like the, the heavy bag, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. strange. Uh, and he's like thinking about how, you know, like the, the movie and stuff like that and how like your kid's a demon now. I'm like, what? Um, yeah, there might be something in the water around that cave in in Wayne Manor. It's gotta be. But, it's gotta be. But I will I will lean uh, towards uh, towards Alfred. All right. So, next question. So you're you're correct. Absolutely, Alfred is clearly the catch there. Um, Listen, sexpot. I'll tell you who's correct because that's a that's an actual word that's used to describe Vicky Vale. All right. By a cop. Just want to point that out. All right. So next question. Who the hell is he anyways going giving giving orders like that? So who the hell is he anyways giving orders like that? And you already answered this like six times, but who the hell is he anyways? He's the goddamn Batman. That's who he is. That's correct. He is the goddamn Batman. One of the worst lines ever written in a Batman comic ever. It's so funny if it's meant to be funny. You know what I mean? But like, it's, it's not. It's not. It's, it's not. meant to be so serious. And the thing is, it's like he's not the only one who says it. Like Black Canary says it. Like that's just, oh, it's so insane. It's just, oh. All right. What set off Black Canary to thrash the bar? So what was the the? Final it was moment? a man. It was a man. The same man that's been on her mind all this time, and it was the Batman. That's that's that's. I don't understand it, but that's what it was because it wasn't all of the cat calls and stuff like that. But she specifically says it was the it was a man, and it was you know the same man that's been on her mind or whatever. It's Batman. There you go. Uh, I thought it was because she got her ass grabbed. Oh, that's what it was. No, no. She specifically says in one of the cells, like I was actually just looking at it a couple of minutes before. Then I'm wrong. You should get double points because I was wrong in my answer. So yeah. she was, um, she was grabbed. Like she did get mad that she got grabbed, but she specifically says it wasn't this, it wasn't that. It was this one man that she's been thinking about. And so for some reason, I don't really understand. But yeah, that's what it was. All right. So we'll give you double points because I get that one wrong. So, all right. How does Batman know Green Lantern's name? Says, How'd you know my name? And how does he know? Because he's not stupid like uh, like Green Lantern is. I'm sorry, you're gonna get an extra wrong point for that because Green Lantern's fantastic. You watch your stupid mouth. No, but that's the answer. He's like, he's not an idiot. He's not a dumbass like Green. No, Lantern. That's, his, that's the answer. His answer was his actual answer was, I know everything. 
that's it's like i'm the smartest person alive but at some point he specifically says i'm not stupid like green lantern or i'm paraphrasing slightly that's fine it's fine how dare you make fun of this was the best iteration of green lantern i've ever seen though by the way all right that's saying something because because ryan reynolds did a pretty amazing job oh my god uh so last question which uh you already covered how does batman neutralize hal oh uh yeah they paint the entire the entire apartment in yellow they paint themselves in yellow they have lemonade to give out <laughs> it's like it's honestly the best scene of the whole thing and then they use he uses uh he uses like robin to kind of offset him because i guess for some reason green lantern can't use something if it's yellow uh, i don't understand so green lantern person in the comics one of his first weaknesses is he can't he, he can't stop yellow uh, so yeah, man, those, if those you, primary colors. Yeah, if you threw a, a bus at him, he was screwed, basically. Or but, if you piss on his face or something, right? Little... Which I think is a was a, a pretty good strategy. They later make a canon that it's because there's a yellow impurity called parallax in the uh, power core inside of the main lantern in Noah. I uh, digest though. Um, that's definitely not of any importance to this, but it is funny that Batman and Robin paint themselves head to toe in yellow paint. So I thought that was great. And yes, I know I said digest. So yeah. I assumed that you were doing that on purpose as some sort of joke. So I didn't I didn't I didn't want to step on it. So, so let's look at it. So we got uh number six you got right. Uh number five you got minus two, because how dare you talk about how Jordan that's, that way? Uh I should get I should get minus one for that because oh, you're I mad. I'm sorry, but sir, this... I am right. It's in there. I'm actually reading it right now. I'm looking at the screen right now, and he does refer to him as being stupid. Moving on. Uh, number four. Uh, well, why did uh, uh, Black Canary? So you got that for you got plus two for Black Canary. So you're you're even there. So you got one. You got number three right. Number two and number one right. So that's four. You got four out of the six correct. So there you go. So that is your your score for uh, Batman and Robin. Or all star Batman and Robin Boy Wonder. So there you go. Hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, it was great. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. All right. So, what was your quiz for this week? A little while ago, uh, you assigned me a wonderful uh, freeform show by the name of Sirens. And this is the sequel to that uh, called Tidelands. Um, yeah, this, is, uh, this is episode 23, if you're curious. So, this is a direct sequel to Sirens. Um, Pretty much, uh, none of this is true, but okay. So it is written by Stephen M. Irwin, which I believe that's uh, the related to the Crocodile Hunter, um, and Nathan Mayfield, uh, and it's directed by a uh, bunch of people because it's like a TV show uh, on Netflix that has a whole bunch of different directors. And uh, basically, the story is it's t- it takes place in Australia, and in Australia, what happens is uh, there's these boaters that go out skimmers. Uh, for for fishing and uh one of the skimmers is out and they kind of spy on two people getting this uh stuff out of the ocean and someone comes up to him on his boat and gouges his eyes out which is a running theme in this show by the way because a lot of eyes get removed in this show which is disturbing and also i want to point out that the gouging was like the weakest gouging i've ever seen yeah it's real like bad. i don't want to call myself a like an auteur of like eye gouging but i gotta say like that's that's it was pretty yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, especially after you watch like uh, the Punisher and you see that eye gouging, like it's hard to compare the two because the Punisher eye gouging was pretty legit. This was just kind of like I'm pressing against your eyes lately. Anyways, uh, I digest again. There are these group called the Tidelanders, which is like a it's kind of like a cult group, and they work in tandem with these skimmers. And these skimmers are basically these uh, 
fishermen that, that don't really do fish, they fish some, but most of what they do is they have a, a connection with these Thailanders that go out and get these drugs. They pay them for the drugs so that, because basically the drugs they get uh, underneath, uh, they somehow are able to transport them without uh, having to deal with like tariffs and stuff like that or, or border patrol. So they're able to get to the skimmers and get in their drugs and then the, the skimmers give them the money and that's basically how they make their money. Uh, the main character in this movie, sorry, in this TV show is uh, Cal McTeer, who's played by Charlotte Best. Um, and her, uh, and so basically she's a woman that's been in jail for 10 years because she was uh, imprisoned when she was 14 for setting one of her mother's friend's house on fire, killing the man inside. So she gets basically removed, she gets released from jail, goes back home. Uh, she's trying to get her father's uh, inheritance because she has a trust with her father um, and he's disappeared since. And uh, her mother is basically keeping all the money. She's trying to get the money back. Her mother is kind of in cahoots with her brother, and her brother's a skimmer. And they're basically all kind of in line of running this drug ring. The best way I could kind of like describe this TV show is like Sons of Anarchy mixed with True Blood mixed with Little Mermaid. That's basically the best way I can. Kind that's of. pretty fair. Uh, yeah, that's pretty fair actually. Yeah, because um, I said Sons of Anarchy as well, and I can see True Blood too. Yeah, it's just because the fantastical nature of it. Um, and also the insane amount of nudity within just two episodes, like within the first episode, insane? was it really that much? I didn't think it was that much. I was prepared for more. There was, there was boobs within the first three minutes of the show, which that's I'm true, but I'm complain. talking about in terms of total quantity. Like, I feel like I've seen a lot more in HBO offerings, like way sure, more. but I'm not, I don't expect this from like a Netflix show. You know, I guess that's what it is. Um, and I assume there's just more going forward, just just a plethora of boobs, if you will. Um, which I'm not one to complain, right? I love me a a, a good set. Stop you know it! You're getting creepy. So there's a so there's a lot of nudity, and like these Tidelanders are clearly like mermaid people, and they have a way to like go through water and breathe in water. Anyways, at the end of the first episode, she gets tossed into the a lake by some of the people, or in the ocean by a couple of people that clearly work for the drug company the drug group that her brother's a part of her brother doesn't know about it and when she's drowning she realizes she can breathe underwater so she herself is also a mermaid um and they kind of like start to explore it in the second episode the mother was the one behind trying to kill her daughter uh the brother knows nothing about it he just wants his, his sister to like work in the company with her because he's the, she's the only person that he can trust um there's within the tidelanders there's like um I guess uh, insurrection amongst the ranks. They're trying to like understand what this leader's doing. This super sexy blonde lady, which I don't even remember her name, uh, but like she's like the leader Abriel. of it. Yeah, Abriel, yeah, Abriel, like yeah. who has like some type of weird like uh, German accent or something. Even though they're all Australian, Adriel. I think they were. Al I think she was Algerian. I think it's Ad Adriel. Or she went to Algeria. I'm not sure yeah, they went to Algeria. So like, she's like collecting stuff about some type of vase that I'm unaware of, and like, there's the the, well, the bigger problem about this show is it's it's like all the other shows I've been complaining about lately. It's so cryptic. There's so many questions they throw at you in the first couple episodes that it just becomes a little bit frustrating for me. Like, I'd love a show to have a beginning that explains some things, but you know, doesn't not. What well, like hard words? Well but, said. No, no, no. We're leaving that in. That's well said. Yeah. Leave <laughs> uh, so we're, don't edit that out as my little mini stroke I had going on. Uh, but like, 
let's answer some things so I can kind of understand what's going on. They have so many things they leave with like hanging threads. It just is so much. It's only the second episode. Like there's yeah, I know, and there's that many hanging threads. It's I don't think it's that complicated. I don't think it's that complicated. I don't think I, I don't understand what's the only thing that's a little bit cryptic is what she's doing collecting, you know, gingerbread cookies out in the middle of a desert. Like I don't understand. Yeah, it's like because that little piece, it, it looks like, like a delicious. cookie. I thought it was a cookie. It looked like a cookie to me. So just and like she's got like a secret room that the, no one else knows about, and there's some type of witch in there, it looks like or something. I don't know. Someone it's with strange. Fingernails. I wonder if it's her dad, honestly. I wonder. Yeah, yeah, but it had a girly voice though, so did they did, 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 did they speak? I don't even remember. I didn't finish like yeah. She said, "I need I need you to do a reading," and then she spoke, and it was a woman. Yeah, I didn't get to that so. part in the second episode. I, I had a bail. Like, oh, I did. Me. It was fantastic. It was great. I love it. Anyway, so um, yeah, it's basically what it is. And so like she then at the end of the second episode, one of her mother's friends uh jumps with her into the water and tries drowning her again. And then when she's able to breathe, he then reveals to her that he can breathe too. So he's also a Tidelander, and he brings her up and says, You're "Was not. it the one that she was having trying to have sex with?" In yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he comes up and says, "You're not your mother's daughter. You're not your brother's sister. Uh, you're a Tidelander like me." So he's a Tidelander. So he's kind of like a, a double agent. So some of it's interesting, but overall, like it's it's a little too cryptic for me. Let's go. I'm too dumb. Oh, I ain't got time. It's just not that complicated. I, I don't see this cryptic thing. This isn't that complicated. It's simple. I am not like a, a smart man. Secrets, but all right. Didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I'm what you call a dumb person. I need some more stuff mm-hmm. laid out for me. You know. I don't know, man. I just I don't know what more you would want in the first two episodes, uh, other than Zim saying, "Hey, this is the killer." Like, like I don't know. It didn't really seem. Really didn't seem like cryptic. I found the start of Riverdale to be more cryptic than this. So, like, well, that's because that's a high end uh, psychological thriller. Careful, you be good. careful, sir. I don't want to hear your sass. Anyways, I don't find myself really interested in it. Like the concept's okay, but like I don't really think it's that it's interesting enough for me to really get into. I think the, the show's fine. Um, I don't think I don't have anything against it. I don't have everyone's beautiful in it. Which you know, I tend to have a problem. There's not a single fat person in the entire show, which is a little sad. There's no real fisherman. Where's the grizzled guy with his arm missing? You know, well, they're I, not really fishing. They're not really fishing. They're 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 drug dealers and stuff, man. Whatever. Are you saying all drug dealers are super handsome? Yeah. Should, did you hang out with more drug dealers? Are you serious? Of course, man. Yeah. And plus, it's Australia, so I mean, everyone like with that accent, you're just like you're ten times sexier. Yeah. That's just by having that accent, right? It's an interesting sci-fi concept. But I just don't care where it's going because you don't know where it's going because you're yeah because I'm always. But like for me, I don't know if I want to waste more time on it. I don't think it was mm. a, a waste of time to watch it. Like it was fine. Sure. But I don't know if it's. I just don't know if it's for me. Okay, you ready for your quiz? Sure, I guess it was. It was fine. I, I just don't see myself continuing with it. That's all it is, I guess. So speaking of Riverdale. I'm going to make a little call back with one of these questions. All right. So as she, uh, she being Cal, is returning back to town, uh, we see a, a, a sign uh, with the name of the town and the town's slogan. So could you please oh, tell me what that is? No. And you, when, we, when Justin and I were doing our practice episodes, he challenged me to watch River, uh, Riverdale, excuse me. And uh, he, uh, he asked this very question because he couldn't get past the first 30 seconds of the show. Uh, in which they actually showed the sign. And so that is this callback. So what is the answer to that question? Please? What is the slogan of the show? Please? Is it Orlando, the city beautiful? Is that what it is? Because that's all I can that think of. Right it's, uh, it's, it's Queenland's best kept secret. 
I don't even remember that. I remember Ophelia and Bay. I just couldn't remember this. I just went with Orlando's, so that's good enough, right? Okay, question number two. I'm going to give you a multiple choice question here. Okay, all right. Tell me specific. I mean, I'm not even going to give you the question. I'm just going to give you a list, and you tell me the answer. Okay? Ready? All right, all right. We're good. And you just let me go all the way to the end. There's a couple choices. Top knot with beard, mm-hmm. rednecky mm-hmm. mustache and mullet with a trucker's hat and camouflage uh, muscle shirt, clean shaven but with kind of a juvenile comb over, silver hair with an eye patch, dyed mm. blonde hair at shoulder length, and you have kind of a scraggy goatee. That is your that is, that is your question. Oh man, I do believe that silver hair with an eye patch was tremendous, um, and he was uh, a very unique character um, with surprising uh, uh, relationships, which yeah, made me, it made him even more intriguing. Yeah, he was yeah, so sure. mysterious. I got I got to go with uh, eye patch silver hair. Oh, uh, that's an excellent answer. That's 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 answer number two. The correct answer is the redneck mustache and mullet guy with his trucker's hat because that's sure. America for it's some America. guys. For some guys, America, sure. America. But I, I'm more into uh, a mysterious Aboriginal-looking man with uh, silver hair and sweet eye patch. That's what I'm all about. Which America. is another another eyeball that was removed in this show. See, so the thing is, the question was though, which of these are the most American? Oh, uh, okay. You see, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I thought it was right. which one of these is the coolest ever. So I was way wrong. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. All right, uh, Justin. So there, what is the name of the town's quote shittiest bar, and what is its logo? Right, it's the Devil's Tail. That's correct. And uh, it's a woman uh, sliding on a pitchfork. That's what it is. That is unfortunately incorrect. The first half is correct. What? Second half, it's actually a devil succubus woman who's sliding down an anchor. Much like a strip. Club. Oh God, God! I'm giving oh, you half credit. You're getting you're getting half credit because you got the name of it right, but unfortunately, you got the the low the icon a little incorrect. Now I remember actually watching the thing. Like, is that a devil's tail? No, that's an anchor. I legitimately thought that actual through my head when I was watching. Yeah, it was that. shown a couple times. Uh, but yeah, all right. Question number four. Justin, there are lots of tattoos in this particular. <laughs> Some of them look like they were wiping off too. Some of them look like they were <laughs> pleated. Or, it's true. Well, like, they had a, all that all that baby oil that you had to squirt on people to make them <laughs> look like they're sweating was really necessary. Uh, but there were a lot of the tattoos, and many of them were on chests. So, Justin, I would like you to tell me what chest tattoo would you get and why? I've talked about this multiple times. And what I would get is I would get Spider-Man swinging, swinging from nipple to nipple um, for my love of Spider-Man. And he'd be like mid-swing. So like his one hand is still on the back nipple. You know, it's like still linked to it. And then he's shooting to the next nipple mid-swing. So that would be mine. Uh, it's my love for Spider-Man. And uh-huh. quite uh-huh. honestly, my love for my nipples. So that would be the reason why I would get that. So You're so creepy. <laughs> but that is the correct answer, nonetheless. <laughs> yes. Despite the creepiness, <laughs> that is correct. That is correct. All right. Last question, Justin. <laughs> You have a boss. You have like a who's your, who's your who's your direct boss or supervisor? The person who's, who's like a principal. Um, do, you have, do you have a principal? You want a principal or like a head coach? What would you prefer? Good. Head, head coach? Yeah, head coach works. Head coach yes, works. I have I have a head coach. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so let's say your head coach comes to you one afternoon and orders you to seduce someone. This is Justin. Justin, y'all, y'all come on over here. I assume that's what he sounds like. 
Uh, uh, he's, he's from Pennsylvania, so he's a little more. Well, that's a Pennsylvania that. accent. That's perfect. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I need you to, uh, to go seduce this person. Uh, so how would you do it? What is, what is the correct way to do it? As actually, that's what I should say. What is the correct way to do it? Um, so what I would do is I would. No, 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 no. I want to, I want to stop you before you get into the wrong answer. What is the correct way to do it? What is the correct way? Oh, okay. Um, I would just walk up to them and, uh, refuse to get out of the way and ask them to push me by in order to get through. Is that what we're looking for here? Cause that's what's happened in the show. That is incorrect, Justin. Oh, man. That is incorrect. The correct ah. answer is strike up a conversation about mosquitoes and then say, and I quote, it has to be in this order after mentioning mosquitoes, quote, I don't mind being sucked. And that, because yeah. <laughs> that's what happened. That's the line <laughs> that, that the character, what was his name? Uh, it was the Italian a handsome guy, guy with, uh, with stubbly it was, beard. It was Marco Pagosi's character who's Dylan. Uh, and he was ordered to seduce uh, the main character, the, the woman cow. Uh, and that and didn't work said. somehow. I don't know how it didn't work. He said, I, I'm sure it's going to at some point, but he said, I don't mind being sucked. So yeah. Also uh, interesting tidbit. I lo- I was looking up some people on IMDb and uh, I'm looking at Marco Pagosi, who's the guy who plays that character. I'm going to read you his uh, his bio on IMDb. It says, right. quote, one of the most important artists of his generation. Like, that's the first line. Okay. Like, I'm not going to read any more. That's all I'm really going to say. But like, wow, that's a really, it's a really interesting way to start. <laughs> it's pretty high praise of a guy starring. When I read the rest of it. Show. It's talking about like soap operas and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, sh- okay. So anyway. So Justin, um, I think you got one point five out of five. 1. I'm all right with that. I'm I'm okay with that. That's good for me. Yeah. So, back to normal in the new year, <laughs> crushing you. All right. So, are you ready for new? I got a couple because I know how it goes with you. You watch everything, so I'm I'm hoping the first I one don't sticks. Sleep a whole lot. So, but yeah. all right. So, so what do you have you seen me? Happy yet from Sci-Fi? Uh, I have started, I've just started to watch, you can give it to me because I've like, I, I literally put it on my Netflix because it's on Netflix now. And I started watching the first episode, but I didn't finish it because we came to record. All right. So first two episodes of happy. That's what perfect. Yeah. Do. That works for me. Awesome. Okay. For that you, is like, sir, it's a comic book too, which is why I like it's yes, a, it's a graphic yes. novel. It's got Christopher Maloney and in the invisible or the, he's got, is it Patton Oswalt who does the voice of, uh, of the, I believe so. Yeah. He plays okay. like a, a donkey or something like that, or like a fairy. Uh, it's a unicorn. I think it's a blue flying unicorn. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Justin, uh, I would like you to watch the wonderful Netflix movie. And I don't mean that sarcastically. Uh, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I was gonna watch this. Yeah. I said it's a Cohen Brothers movie, so it's yes, be good. It is. Yeah, it's a series of sort of smaller vignettes, uh, but it's really good. So, and it's western, and uh, as you can see, we might be going into a little bit of a western theme Ooh. challenge trilogy. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but that is your that is your challenge. All right, excellent. My, ba- excellent. my backups for you, by the way, which we may not use in the future, okay. is Humani- Humanity Bureau, starring Nicolas Cage on Netflix. Um, Dude, I had put that on my list to, to challenge you with it. Oh my god, I really I did. I can't wait to see it then. <laughs> Let's get it done. But yeah, I already had plans for this one. But yeah, and then the other one, the other one was going to be Shira. It's a new cartoon that came out. Uh, uh, I'm probably going to watch that no matter what. But I'm I'm really frustrated by how it's basically Teen Titans Go. Um, yeah. I don't like that style. But I heard that the story is good. Um, and the characters are good, but I just don't like that style. It's just so generic. And I, but, uh, I, I'm a huge She-Ra fan. When I was a kid, 
uh, I used to watch whenever I used to go over to my aunt's house on the west coast of Florida, whatever channel, local channel she had, it would play Shira, but we would never get it on the east coast of Florida. And so I would watch like all of the, the Shira because I was so I had, I had some good He-Man's picks. Book, yeah. I was ready to go. I saw yeah. Humanity Bureau. I'm good, like, man. I looked at that, that picture. I'm like, oh yeah. my God, this yeah. is Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Justin, I think it's time to end our first episode of the new year. And uh, we're going to do so by asking everybody if they wouldn't wouldn't mind hopping on the old internet uh, or wherever it is that you get our actual podcast, maybe on iTunes, maybe on Stitcher, maybe on Spotify, and give us a little like or review. Uh, if you have any ideas for the new year for what we could do to make this podcast better, uh, how we can make uh, your time listening to it better, or if maybe you have some ideas specifically about what how we might go ahead and challenge each other, uh, we're always uh, looking at ideas. Um, so you can find me uh, on Twitter at LollyGaggerCo. Uh, you can find Justin on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Jehufa. Justin, is there anything else you want to say to the wonderful listeners of our podcast? I've been trying to reach out on Reddit and stuff like that, too. I've been trying to get involved in that community as well. Uh, Instagram, I've been doing a lot, too. So if you're new to the podcast, please just leave a, a little uh, comment. That'd be fantastic. And I'm going to try and keep on getting involved in those communities. It's tough getting you know, on the ground. It forward, is. So. Um, it is. So, yeah. Reddit uh, scares so me. Thanks for- yeah, there's a lot of real good people in there. Anyways, thanks for I feel like if I post the wrong the- thing, they're going to come to my house, kick my dog and pull up all the shrubs outside. <laughs> yeah. well, thanks for listening. <laughs>